Hey everyone, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy the Preacher Chick, and today is day 308 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we are going to be wrapping up the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to read uh, chapters 15 and chapter 16. And that'll take us to the end. We're going to read Psalm 148, which means we're just a couple of chapters away from the end of the Psalms again. This is the second time we've completed the Psalms this year. And um, so today there is a video from the Bible Project about Psalm 148. And so that'll be linked in the show notes. Um, Let's get to it. Now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on by which you are being saved, if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised up on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. For I'm the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. I Love that. There is never anyone too far gone for God to um, redeem, set free, uh, renew, and set apart and use for his glory and his purpose. I love that Paul's like, look, in and of myself, I'm not even worthy, but God is so good. It's just so good. He continues, on the contrary, I work harder than any of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have believed. Now, if Christ is proclaimed and raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection from the dead? If there's no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain. And so is your faith. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified wrongly about God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. In fact, if in fact the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Those then who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. Ugh, that is deep and powerful. And man, I, I, I know, I know there are a lot of people, specifically women, who struggle with Paul's writings. And I am just here to tell you to um, dive deeper into them. Don't, don't take them as what others have said or, or have misconstrued, but like, because this is powerful. This is so deep. He goes on, but as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man for just as in Adam all die. So also in Christ, all will be made alive but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, afterward at his homecoming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death, 
for God has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says everything is put under him, it is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception. When everything is subject to Christ, then the son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will they do who are being baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, then why are people baptized for them? Why are we in danger every hour? I face death every day as surely as I may boast about you, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus as a mere man, what good did that do me? If the dead were not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses and stop sinning. For some people are ignorant about God. I say this to your shame. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? You fool! What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you are not sowing the body that will be, but only a seed, perhaps of wheat or another grain. But God gives a body as he wants, and to each of the seeds its own body. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There is one flesh for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. There is a splendor to the sun, another of the moon, and another of the stars. In fact, one star differs from another star in splendor. So it's with the resurrection with the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, like the man of dust. So are those who are of the dust, like the man of heaven. So are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can, can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. That is a hope. That is a hope. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility. And this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, I love this. Be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor is not in vain. Now, about the collection for the saints, do the same as I instructed the Galatian churches. On the first day of the week, each of you is to set something aside and save in keeping with how he is prospering so that no collections will need to be made when I come. 
When I arrive, I will send with letters those you recommend to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it's suitable for me to go as well, they will travel with me. I will come to you after I pass through Macedonia, for I will be traveling through Macedonia, and perhaps I will remain with you or even spend the winter so that you may send me on my way wherever I go. I, I don't want to see you now just in passing, since I hope to spend some, some time with you, if the Lord allows. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, because a wide door for effective ministry has opened for me, yet many oppose me. If Timothy comes, see that he has nothing to fear while you, while with you, because he's doing the Lord's work on, um, just as I am. So let no one look down on him. Send. This is interesting because, so let no one look down on him. You know, Timothy's coming to do a work just as I am. Don't So don't let anyone look down on him. And what Paul admonishes Timothy in his letter to him, we'll get there, 1 Timothy, is um, for, and, I mean, the two letters, first and second Timothy is that Paul tells him, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example in speech and love and in life for those who like for the saints, for those who believe. And so Paul admonishes Timothy not to allow anyone to look down on him, but then he tells the people don't look down on him. So somewhere along the line, there was a, there was a jaded, skewed view that people had of Timothy and they treated him differently, clearly. Or why would this be in there? You know, like that. Um, anyway, so send him on his way in peace so that he can come to me because I'm expecting him with the brothers. Now about your brother Apollos, I strongly urge him to come to you with the brothers, but he was not at all willing to come now. However, he will come when he has an opportunity. Be alert. I love this. Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus. They are the first fruits of Achaia and have devoted themselves to serving the saints. I urge you also, I urge you also to submit to such people and to everyone who works and labors with them. I'm delighted to have Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus, maybe, present because these men have made up for your absence. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, recognize such people. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla send you greetings warmly in the Lord, along with the church that meets in their home. All the brothers and sisters send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This greeting is, my, is in my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. Our Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with all of you. In. Christ Jesus. And now Psalm 148. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly armies. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. He set them in position forever and ever. He gave an order that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, all sea monsters and ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and cloud, stormy wind that executes his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creatures that crawl and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, young men as well as young women, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty covers the heaven, covers heaven and earth. He has raised up a horn for his people, resulting in praise to all his faithful ones, to the Israelites, the people close to him. Hallelujah. 
there is the part of the teaching video from the Bible project today, um, talks about what hallelujah truly is. And I have heard many, many theories, definitions. I never studied the Greek or Aramaic language. So for me to say specifically that I know I don't, but the Bible project, um, video says that hallelujah is really kind of like an invitation. It is a call to the worshipers to come and enter in. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. If that's, if that's really what it is. I mean, I've heard that it means to go, to be clamorously foolish. So loud and, um, you know, which makes sense when you hear, you know, like tomorrow's Psalm, um, hallelujah, hallelujah, sing to the Lord, a new song. Um, I, but regardless, I think the idea of it being a loud, clamorous, vibrant call to worship, I can get behind that. Do some research maybe, but I think it's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm glad you've been sticking with this. I hope to see you back tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together. I'll see you then.